0: hey everyone what's up and welcome back or welcome to behind the girl boss i'm your host amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already my name is amanda I'm a 22-year-old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I go to school full time at Concordia University, studying communication studies. I also have a YouTube channel. I do this podcast. I do Instagram vlogging, and I own two businesses on the side. One being an apparel company called Cookie Apparel. One being a candle company called Wan Candles. And I also do freelance video editing on the side. So that is a little bit about me. This podcast, as it's called, Behind the Girl Boss. I love to talk to different individuals, women, um, who are amazing and just like their journeys are just so inspiring and i just love to talk to people whether they're working in social media whether they have their own businesses whether they have online businesses and person businesses like i love to just learn about people's journeys how they got to where they are today and just learn their stories and just like learn more about them and their journeys that they're on and where they want to get to and just all these things it's been such a fun ride so far And I think with every single interview, it's just getting more fun and more inspiring and more motivating. And I'm just like literally obsessed. So before we jump into today's episode, as always, we're going to be doing our journal segment of the week. So for this week, the journal prompt is what makes you feel loved and cared for? So this one is basically talking about how do you feel like you're loved and how do you feel like you're cared for when someone else is the one doing that for you? So like, is it someone... Helping you clean up around the house? Is it someone writing you little notes? Is it someone getting you a coffee in the morning? Like, how do you feel like you are loved and cared for by other people? I think this is a really interesting topic to dive into and talk about and journal about and kind of uncover because there are so many little things that people do for us that make us know that we're loved and cared for, but sometimes we don't realize them. So I think just taking a step back and realizing the little things that people do for you on the daily or weekly or monthly is super important and I think it would be really fun to write about so that is this week's journal prompt now getting into today's episode I have Taylor Woods on the podcast with us Taylor is literally I don't like you know like when you talk to people that you never met in real life or it's their first time like actually communicating and you feel like you've known them your entire life that is how I felt like I feel like we just vibed really well we connected really well and I feel like I got a really good friend out of this experience and I hope she feels the same as she's listening to this um yeah I really enjoyed this episode Taylor is a content creator she creates content on YouTube and Instagram and she also has her own podcast on YouTube she's known for her wellness and health videos and honestly her personality is amazing and then she has a podcast called don't get it twisted and then she does some instagram content so this conversation was really fun we dove into how she started her youtube then we went on to her podcast her wellness journey and honestly it was such a vibe and i'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode so i'm gonna stop blabbing and we're just gonna jump right into it hey everyone what's up and welcome back to behind the girl boss today we have another guest with us so we have taylor with us so hi taylor
1: Hi amanda hello behind the girl boss listeners so good to be on the podcast today thank you so much for having me thank you so much for coming on
0: i'm super excited to get to know you better and everything so do you want to start off by telling us, there we go <laughs> do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself
1: absolutely i am a i guess you could say content creator it feels weird to use that term but I live in Seattle, Washington. I just moved here after I graduated from college just last year. I moved to the area to work in hospitality, but just sort of with the mixed bag that was 2020, I sort of ended up down this content creation route, and now I make YouTube videos. I, I guess you could say I do Instagram, dabble <laughs> in TikTok, just just for fun, uh, and I have a podcast as well. So content creator by day weirdo by night. <laughs> I love that. Um, before we kind of like dive into the actual
0: like interview part, I have like a little hot seat segment to kind of like just break the ice and some fun little questions. Yeah. Um, so you can answer whatever comes to mind first. So the first one is
1: post COVID, where's the first place you want to travel to? Like I said, I live in Seattle I don't get that much sun, so I'm feeling like I just want to be as far away from my apartment as possible. Mm-hmm. I live in a unit that has just about one window too, so I just think I need to go somewhere with vitamin D Yes, anywhere. I'll go to the Maldives if I have <laughs> win the lottery. <laughs> I'll go to, I don't know, Bora Bora, Hawaii, anywhere, just somewhere tropical fun where I can soak in as much vitamin D as my body will let me. No, I a hundred percent feel that. And like, even this year,
0: like Montreal, like where I live doesn't really get hot, hot. Like it's like, it's mm. like a regular summer, but like right. this summer there wasn't anything to do. You could barely be outside. So I feel like we kind of yeah. all just
1: like skipped a whole like skip summer. Yeah. Spring, yeah. all of it. Yeah, yes. I know. And I think that's not even good for our bodies mm-hmm. naturally too. I mean, we're not built to be indoors all the time. Yeah. So anytime outside with a healed world, is what I'm dreaming of. Me too. Me too. Um, The next one is, what is a skill you wish you had? I think I'm most inclined to say singing. I wish I was a singer. When I was a little girl, I wished I was a rock star all the time, (laughs) which is so cheesy and weird, but it's like the natural gift that, you know, you can't really develop. I'm a terrible Mm -hmm. singer. So one day, maybe I'll be able to sing better if I take some sort of lessons or something. But yeah, I wish I could sing naturally. That would be amazing.
0: No, I feel that 100%. And everyone that I've asked this question to actually said singing too. So no I guess, way. yeah, I guess
1: it's a skill <laughs> that
0: everyone just wants.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, it's true. It's one of those things that you almost can't teach. Like you can perfect mm-hmm. your singing to some extent, but I'm not going to wake up tomorrow as Billie Eilish. I'm just yeah. not. Just <laughs> is upsetting.
0: No, I 100% agree with that. Like
1: if I can sing, I think. I would have so much more fun with life. Totally, totally. Yes, sing your way through everything. And you're (laughs) just naturally, I don't know, singing makes you attractive too. It's just Mm -hmm. like an attractive trait to have. It's kind of neat. Yes, no, I feel that. And the last one is, if you can meet one celebrity, who would you want it to be? I would probably say, as maybe as cliche as it is, I would fulfill my childhood dream and I would meet Miley Cyrus. Yes. (laughs) she was my idol for the longest time. She still is. I think she's done an amazing job as just sort of breaking a lot of boundaries mm-hmm. in so many ways. And yeah, you know, she's definitely not the Disney star she once was, but mm-hmm. I would love to just pick her brain about so many things.
0: Same. She was on like the Call Her Daddy podcast and I was like, that is literally like goals.
1: Such goals. And it was a, such a surreal moment because you don't often get to hear Miley in that sort of yeah a like two hour interview setting. That was so cool. I loved listening to that episode. Me too. I don't know if you're a big Call Her Daddy listener, but it was cool.
0: Like I don't listen to Call Her Daddy that much just because it's not like my type of thing to listen to, but like that episode, like I had to listen to it from like start to end.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I couldn't put it down. I want to listen to it almost all over again. Just yes. Yeah. It was so good. I was probably in shock the whole time. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, So
0: I split our podcast into sections. So the first one, we're going to talk about YouTube, then your podcast, your fitness journey, and then end off with some Instagram questions that I got. Wonderful. Um, So the first part is your YouTube part.
1: So when did you start your YouTube channel and why? I started my channel in October of 2019. So it's been just over a year now. And truly it was really because, like I mentioned, I graduated from college. I moved over to Seattle. I really didn't know that many people in the area. And of course, I feel like you ask any YouTuber this, they're going to say the same thing. Like you thought about it for years. You were always Mm -hmm. hesitant, blah, blah, blah. Because it's true, you always let the external factors affect your decisions. You don't want to be judged, you know, tease, what have you, which is of course so silly, but I went from being very, very busy in college. I think I had four jobs and was very involved in campus, was at a very small university that almost encouraged involvement. So I went from pretty much a hundred to zero, you know, Mm -hmm. where I just went to work eight to five and I couldn't really figure out what felt so different, what bothered me so much about my new routine, but I realized I wasn't doing anything for me anymore. Yeah. Like I sort of just put all of my hobbies to the side. I definitely had a like a darker period after I graduated where I was just not as happy. And I think I finally realized, you know, I need, need to reignite this spark and this passion that I've always had and just go for it. Because if I don't start now, I probably never mm-hmm. would.
0: I love that too because I feel like I also started YouTube in a point where like I felt like I didn't have a lot of people and like I turned to YouTube and I tried to grow a community that way so I feel like that's something that a lot of people like don't realize people think people just start YouTube to like make money or like get famous but like there's such like good
1: stories behind as to why everyone started so I love that absolutely and I think you're so right I think that's been one of the most rewarding parts of Starting YouTube is the community aspect, Mm -hmm. or just meeting people. Even speaking with you, you're in Montreal. I mean, pretty much across the country, yeah. The North American continent, like that is so crazy. (laughs) No, I yeah, I
0: agree with that. Like, I think it's so cool how like when growing up, like your parents are always like, "Don't talk to people on the internet. Don't talk to strangers." (laughs) But I feel like our like our generation a lot like that's basically what we do,
1: and it's like
0: so it's so weird because of how like
1: much it's changed since then, and like it's just wild to me. You're so right. I know internet safety was, obviously it's still an important thing, but now it feels natural. Like I know you're not a creep. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I feel that completely.
0: If someone asks you what type of content you make and what your channel is all about, what do you tell them?
1: I would say it's definitely a mixed bag, but fairly niched down in kind of the wellness health fitness challenges lifestyle content, which Mm -hmm. isn't much of a niche, but really I just kind of make content that's sort of backed in health and fitness and wellness. I'm not certified in any way myself, but that was one of the things I really wanted to focus on Mm -hmm. with my channel as I've just always kind of had a passion for fitness and, and bettering myself and living a healthy lifestyle. But I wanted to do it in a very realistic way that sort of sort of shows the, you know, not so pretty sides or I I show my dorky moments or I struggle through my workouts and I want people to realize like that's a very, very normal thing. You know, the highlight reels that we see on Instagram with these perfect models is not reality. And it I think it's been a very inspirational thing for me to see people all around the world connect with that type of content as well. And it's, you know, sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's just dorky and like I said, I'm not certified in any way, but I think it's just so empowering to see the impact that that sort of authenticity can have with people all around the world.
0: No, I love that. And I think like YouTube right now, like a big like thing or like niche, I guess, is like vulnerability and relatability. Because like you said, like you struggle through your workouts and you show that like yesterday I was doing a workout and I was like dying halfway through and the person that was doing it like looked perfectly fine, like not even sweating. And I was like, this is so like unrealistic because she has to be like, sweating or feeling something. Like, why am I looking like I'm dying here? So I love that.
1: Yes, that you're exactly right. And I think that's, I mean, the reality of probably 99% of the people that are following those types of videos. And it's amazing that we have those people that produce that free content for us, Mm -hmm. or we can watch those videos. But I think finding the inspiration and the motivation to keep going when you're only seeing those perfect images can be hard. Yeah. So it's neat to be able to relate to people. A hundred percent.
0: So what do you film and edit with?
1: I film with Sony cameras. I really didn't know about equipment. I still don't know that much about equipment, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, but when I first started, I think as a general tip for anybody too, I just use my, my phone. I think it's a perfectly fine camera. And I think it's actually a very smart way to get started because it ensures that you are interested in YouTube for the long run and you want to instill that passion before you invest your money into some sort of equipment. Mm-hmm. So starting with the phone is great, but I use a Sony Alpha 6, 6 oh my gosh, 6600 uh, as my main camera. And then I recently got a Sony ZV-1 vlogging camera, which is basically meant for YouTubers specifically, which is Mm -hmm. kind of cool. It's basically very similar to the Canon G7X Mark II, which I would say 99% of lifestyle YouTubers use. Yes. (laughs) No, I agree.
0: Yeah. I think like almost every single person that like does YouTube that I've spoken to are always like, I use the G7X and I'm like, I never even own that camera.
1: No, I haven't either. And I think it's a great camera because it's easy. It's light, it's portable. Mm -hmm. And that's what obviously a vlogging camera should do, Yeah, which was the reason I wanted to get this new Sony ZV-1. And I think it's a great investment, but yeah, it's so funny how it's probably just monkey see, monkey do. Some person says it's a good camera. Everybody else kind of gets it it's affordable, which is probably the most important part for people like us who are just starting out.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then what
1: do you edit with? Oh, sorry. Yes. I started with iMovie, moved on to Final Cut Pro, which I think is honestly all you need. I don't know if Mm -hmm the extra Adobe subscription is truly worth it, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, honestly, I believe that if you're doing YouTube just for yourself, like you're just editing for yourself and stuff, Final Cut Pro is like, that's all you really need. If you want to like venture into like being a video editor or like editing movies or things like that, then like maybe you can do the jump then. But I agree with that. Final Cut Pro is like amazing.
1: It's perfect. I've even heard Alicia Marie, for example, she's been on YouTube for what, 10, 12 years now or something. Mm -hmm. She always talks about how – she started off YouTube kind of doing a lot more of these really fancy edits, but now people don't really like that type of content. They like to see more of the easy editing, just quick jump cuts, almost effortless. Mm -hmm. And if that is the style that you're trying to get, even something that's free with an Apple computer like iMovie is all that you need. hundred percent. I agree with that.
0: Um, So what are your favorite types of videos to film? Because like on your channel, you have like workout videos, eating videos. You also have like challenges. Like I saw the one that you did, like eating like Remy Ashton for a day. Like what are your favorite types
1: of videos to film? That's a great question. I love doing those little kind of series. Like you mentioned, I'll do videos that are following maybe a certain person that I admire. Like you mentioned Remy Ashton. I think she's amazing. I know you had her on your podcast, which is so stinking cool. Uh, so I followed her workout routine. I followed her, her diet for the day, something like that. That's always fun, but I also love to challenge myself. So if I try out a video that I've never made before. That's where I feel as if I have the most fun because it's out of my comfort zone and I don't know how it's going to turn out until I'm in the editing process. So it can be a lot more fun. I think sometimes when you're in the repetition of doing the same types of videos, you don't get as creatively challenged because Mm -hmm. you're, you're used to that sort of cyclical cycle.
0: No, that's so cool. So for when I started off YouTube, Thumbnails was the hardest part for me because I'm not good at graphic design. I was like looking at other people's and I was like, how did they get it to like look like that? So like, how do you edit your thumbnails?
1: You're so right. I was so intimidated by that too because I am nowhere, nowhere near good at making thumbnails. (laughs) I do it in a very, very simple way, and I would say thumbnails sometimes could even be more important than like the final finished product of your video because it's what grabs people to click on them. So definitely spend time on them if you're a content creator yourself but i usually just take screenshots from my final video and see what parts i liked or maybe if i took a picture on my camera roll and I want to overlay it, I can do Mm -hmm. that and I'll sort of arrange it on Canva because it's easy and it's free. Yeah. And then if I want it to kind of stand out a little bit more, I'll use PixArt, which is a great app. I usually use it to outline like my body with like a white Mm -hmm. marker just to kind of have it a little bit more, I don't know, pop out a little bit. And then Fonto is also a great app, which I use just to add text, like Helvetica, as simple as possible. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just to add, yeah, the text to the thumbnail, but you're so right. It was so intimidating and I would get so nervous. My thumbnails were so bad for so long. I've gone back and changed some of the really, really terrible ones Mm -hmm. when I was super self-conscious about them, but yeah, spend the time on it because it's, it's worth
0: your energy. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause I feel like thumbnails, if your thumbnail is bad, people might still click on it, but like there's a lower chance. Totally. And like when I was starting off, like if you go back to like Alicia Marie, like when I looked at her thumbnails, I was like, I want mine to look like hers. And
1: yeah.
0: it never looked like that. And of I don't course. even want to like go back and look at my thumbnails. Cause I started YouTube like, I think like five, six years ago. And oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't even know what my thumbnails look like back then. And I'm too scared <laughs> to go look at them.
1: I've kind of the same way where you almost block out those memories. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that you have live videos on the internet, but you can't even look at them yourself. Yes. you
0: like, I can't, that didn't happen. <laughs> No, hundred percent. Like, I feel like some, like some people I know, like rewatch their videos. But like once I post mine, I'm like, okay, that's it.
1: I'm not watching it again. Right? It's like the secondhand embarrassment, even though it's you. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense, even though you spend hours editing it yourself. You know exactly what's gonna happen at what point in the video, but it's cringeworthy for, God knows why. Yes, <laughs>
0: I agree. Um, so is YouTube considered your full time job right now?
1: Um, unexpectedly. Yes. So I kind of alluded to this, but I did lose my job just at the start of 2020 because okay. of 2020, which yeah. you know what? It is what it is. It happens mm-hmm. to so many people around the world and we're dealing with it one day at a time. But I was extraordinarily fortunate to kind of have YouTube as an open door I could explore in the moment. Yeah. So I don't know if this is for the long term, but for the moment, I'm just taking my blessings one day at a time.
0: So would you say it's difficult since it's not like a salary job to like maintain your finances and everything?
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I'd say I would have that mindset with any job that I have Mm -hmm. in all honesty, because I mean, even with my job that I had before, I thought I was totally secured and I thought I was totally fine. But having that savings account or investments is so beyond important. But one thing that I love to stress is in any way that you can having some sort of multiple streams of income. And I mean, I know that you're probably a huge advocate for that as well, having so many different companies and even just having your freelancing on the side, that's something that is so vital to just making sure that Mm -hmm. you feel more secure. Even if it's Poshmark or Depop and you're just selling some of your clothes that you're not wearing as much anymore, that little bit of money could be so helpful when the world happens like it happened last year, you know?
0: No, I 100% agree. Um, So what's one thing you wish you knew before starting your channel? Oh my gosh,
1: I don't even know. Um, I think I just, I don't know if I wish I knew this, but I was very surprised to learn how rewarding it was going to be because mm-hmm. I think I started the channel for me, but now even with like the small little community that I have, I feel so attached and I feel so connected and engaged with the people that so kindly come back and watch my videos. I'm so flattered by it. And I think I've just been so pleasantly surprised by how rewarding the entire process has been and hopefully will continue to be. I just think it's one of those things that you don't expect to be so yeah. humbling and, and flattering.
0: Hundred percent. So, kind of diving into that, you have over seventy-eight thousand subscribers, which is like amazing considering you started like two years ago. Um, hey. Was this like more of a gradual growth? Was did you have like a viral video?
1: How did you get to that point? Definitely a little bit of both. I would say for the most part, it was very gradual. I think I had one, one or two videos that did fairly well. I think there's one video on my channel that people mainly find me from, and it was just this random thing I decided to do. And document, which was just drinking a gallon of water every single day. And that was kind of even before I niched down a lot of my content. But I guess people like water. I don't know. (laughs) But that video, I think, what's the word I'm looking for? Allowed people outside of my small subscriber base Mm -hmm. to find my channel, which was really neat. And there was a point in time where I was growing at least a little bit quicker than I had been. But I think over the past few months, it's been quite gradual, which I would also argue is more beneficial, especially for you as a creator, because numbers don't mean anything if you don't have an engaged audience. So I'm so, so fortunate that I feel as if I know people by name, I can comment back to them and I can actually build that relationship with people that watch my videos. And I mean, unless you're like Charlie D'Amelio or something, (laughs) you know, that overnight success is not always the most realistic story, but never be ashamed of gradual growth. I think Mm -hmm. it's so powerful.
0: I agree with that. I mean, I've been like, I did YouTube. I've been doing YouTube for five years and I'm still like, I haven't hit that 10K mark. But at the same time, I'm like, I do see like the same people coming back to each video and the same people commenting. So like just that is like, wow, people actually care to stick around this much.
1: Right. And then they feel connected to you. You feel Mm -hmm. connected to them. You can message them on Instagram. Yeah. It feels so much more personal. Yes. A hundred percent.
0: Um, so moving on to your podcast, you have a podcast called Don't Get It Twisted. When did you start the
1: podcast and why? Yes, I started the podcast just this past year. I think maybe I launched it in June 2020. And I was a long time listener of podcasts. So I was always just sort of obsessed with the medium and not like the NPR, like classic kind of weird podcast, but sort of this mm-hmm. new generation of podcasts that was just like fun celebrity gossip. I would listen to bachelor podcasts, like yes. the recaps <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just fun and it's mindless. And it became something I love to do while I was walking on the treadmill. I was going on a run. It's my favorite way to consume podcasts. So I was very familiar with what I liked to listen to mm-hmm. as a listener. And then once I was kind of getting my hang of things with YouTube, I realized there was a lot of topics that I really wanted to dive into that I didn't feel were appropriate. And like a 10 minute energetic YouTube video would feel weird if I was, you know, entertaining or being weird in one moment and then sitting down and be like, let's be serious. Let's talk. So I kind of wanted this platform to be able to just kind of debunk a lot of really silly, really terrible fitness myths, for example, or stereotypes, or even just things about being a woman growing up and having self-confidence or, you know, self-doubt or comparing yourself to other people, things that I always deal with myself. And it's just been a really rewarding process. And I've really loved diving into the podcast world.
0: Yes. And I feel like it's also not like that YouTube is saturated, but I feel like a lot less people have podcasts right now and it's like up and coming. So I feel like it's cool to like be a part of like something that hasn't grown too much.
1: Totally. Totally. I was just talking to my boyfriend about that last night. Like it's neat to be, I guess a little bit ahead of the curve mm-hmm. because I feel like I started YouTube like 16 years too late. Like, yeah. <laughs> Podcasting is neat too, because it feels a lot more personal. And I always say like the people that actually listen to, you know, your podcasts are the people that are probably the most loyal listeners, followers, mm-hmm. subscribers, what have you. And it's neat to have that connection
0: hundred percent. So is your podcast more solo episodes or more focused on
1: interviews? It's only been solo episodes up until literally yesterday I posted my first interview, which was really neat. I did kind of a short break in between, I guess, season one, season two, mm-hmm. which is like a weird common podcast thing I didn't know about. <laughs> uh, but I kind of thought it would be a neat idea to start doing some interviews. So that was my first one. It went really, really well. And hopefully I'll be doing some more down the line. So, what type of people do you look forward to like have on the podcast when you're looking? I would say, honestly, I want somebody on the podcast that, of course, inspires me. So, then if I'm inspired, hopefully my audience of similar interests would be inspired by that too. But I also think it's incredibly important, especially for me as a white heterosexual female, to bring on a lot of people that that I can't speak to the perspectives of because of my Mm -hmm. limited perspective as a white heterosexual female. So having diversity, I think is really important. Even people that maybe are international, I have a lot of international listeners. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Or even people like that are just breaking the news in the fitness world. Like my last guest was starting her own fitness brand, which I think is the coolest thing ever and something that I could never dream about doing, but maybe a listener has thought about it themselves and they can be inspired by Mm -hmm. that. No, I love that. So
0: what's been some of your favorite episodes you've recorded so far?
1: It's kind of like what we were talking about with YouTube. I sort of Blackout after I record sometimes. <laughs> I feel that I've done a, Yeah. I've done a few episodes, I think, on maybe like self doubt and just feeling very lost. And I've talked very openly about how almost I was in a very depressive state after college and how much that affected me. And while I think that those episodes aren't that great, I think what matters more to me is the messages I receive after mm-hmm. posting the episode saying that it impacted somebody in some way, or maybe they use that episode to go on their walk that day when they otherwise were going to make up a excuse or you know something like that. Yeah. So that's been really helpful. I think to also receive feedback, that's always something I'm looking for. But yeah, I'd say any episode about like very personal topics, very vulnerable things are always the ones that hit home the most
0: hundred percent going off of that, um, when someone listens to one of your episodes, how do you want
1: them to feel once they're done?: I'd say one of two ways. So if you're wanting to listen to my podcast just for fun, comedy, like that sort of thing, and it's your 45 minute like time away just for you, you're using my podcast for your workout or something, but I want you to listen to my podcast and just feel good about yourself afterwards. Or maybe you're coming to the podcast and you just need like a little bit of an escape or you need somebody to talk to. Maybe you need a friend in your life that will, you know, speak about these things that mm-hmm. maybe you're too nervous to speak about yourself or, um, yeah, kind of talk about things that are maybe uncomfortable sometimes because that's when we grow and that's when we learn. And if you could grow, if you could learn, if you could be filled with some joy, then I would produce a good episode.
0: Love that. So, like YouTube, what would be one thing that you wish you knew before you started podcasting?
1: <laughs> Honestly, like everything. I kind of just dove into podcasts because, like I said, I just knew I wanted to do it, but mm-hmm. I didn't know a single thing on the back end. I didn't know what an RSS feed was. I didn't know how to publish a podcast. I didn't know even more of the business side of podcasting, which I would say is important for any media industry. You think about YouTube, you think about Instagram, and you often just see people that you think it looks so easy. It looks so seamless, Mm -hmm. but usually, you know, there's always some sort of marketing tactics, strategies that are behind everything that is produced. So if I knew any sort of that back end business side of podcasting, that would have been helpful. Or even just how to get a, a better microphone, how to get good audio. Those things, I think, like we've talked about it's not an oversaturated platform yet mm-hmm. so there wasn't as many resources i think that were as readily available as like starting your own youtube channel yeah. but maybe that's a, a good thing for somebody like you to speak about like how do you how do you start a good podcast like what's the business side of that i love that yeah
0: i'm the same way like when i first started podcasting i was like what's an R- rss feed and how do i get <laughs> right? one and i was like i didn't know there was all these steps that you had to do i thought like you literally just record your episode and then you post it somewhere like youtube but totally. it was like this whole
1: process. But, and you know what is even more embarrassing is that I don't even edit my podcast on GarageBand or Audacity or any of the like proper podcast editing platforms. I legitimately use Final Cut Pro. Me too. Which is – No way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why do
0: I have to learn a whole other platform if I could just do it on here and then export it as like an MP3? So that's what I do.
1: Amanda, you're my spirit woman. Yes, that's <laughs> literally my exact thought process. Why would I spend money on a new platform? Mm-hmm. Try to learn something new that I was probably going to fail at. I tried GarageBand. Granted, I gave it a shot. I was so <laughs> confused. So I'm
0: so comforted to hear you say that. You have no idea. No, it's like so much easier because like if you like we like if you already edit for YouTube on there, just bring in the audio and it's just like so much easier for you in the end. Like don't go breaking your head to try and learn a whole new platform. You're if so you don't right.
1: have to. You're so right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, I feel like I honestly sometimes I think I'm the only one cuz everyone's like, "Oh, I use audacity" or like, "I use GarageBand." And I'm like, "I literally use Final Cut Pro." But okay.
1: Yeah, maybe we're the smart ones. Maybe, maybe I think great, we are.
0: Right? I, think <laughs> we are. Such... I know you have an Instagram for your podcast. Do you believe it's more beneficial to have a podcast Instagram, why or why
1: not? I would say yes, but my answer has changed because I started my podcast and waited like maybe five or six months to start an Instagram for my podcast, which may be a bad idea, probably. (laughs) But I I just didn't think it was that necessary because I had listened to so many podcasts and I didn't care about following their Instagram accounts Mm -hmm. because it it felt like if I wasn't getting an additional noteworthy piece of content from their Instagram, it didn't feel worth it. Or maybe it just wasn't adding much value to my feed, for example. So I didn't want to do it and I didn't think... I had the kind of content to post for a twisty pod, Instagram and Instagram account for your podcast. So I didn't do it for a while, but now I'm glad that I did because I think it's important to also have the community behind your podcast. And Mm -hmm. even that's how people can find your podcast or, you know, you can network with other people who have their own podcasts. I think it's useful, but I don't think it's the end all be all because ultimately you need people to come and listen. And those are your dedicated listeners. Yeah. And then they'll follow your Instagram.
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like for myself, I started posting like social media tips and things like that to like give like an extra thing other than just like me posting about my episodes. So I think so if smart. you add like, like you said, like if you add like something that will make people want to follow your Instagram rather than just like, okay, they can see like when an episode's posted is important. Right. right.
1: You're doing it right.
0: <laughs> um. So I don't know if you believe in the whole like manifestation thing, but who are some Mm -hmm. of your dream guests to have on the podcast and like speak it into
1: existence? You're so right. I don't know that much about manifestation, but I want to learn more because I think it's fascinating, but yes, you're right. I'll speak into existence. I think there are so many guests that I would love to have on that. I almost in a weird way, haven't discovered yet. Like I I want people who maybe are on the up and coming that maybe want a, a place to voice their new great invention, or mm-hmm. I don't know, just have like good, deep conversations with. If we're thinking like celebrity level, I can say, I don't know, like Michelle Obama or something. Yeah. <laughs> like she's a fitness inspo. She's a wonder woman. That would be neat to talk to her. But even on like an influencer level, I don't know. I think it's so admirable that you spoke to Remy. That, that would be really cool too. I would love to talk to her. Honestly, I love pretty basic. I
0: just like tweeted her and then she answered me. So- <laughs> just no. do that and then yeah I went to, I like once at like 12 30 a.m I like tweeted like manifesting having then I like did at Remy Ashton right. um, on the podcast and then I went to bed and I woke up and she followed me and DM'd me and I was like what the hell and then I was so nervous like leading up to it and I was like oh my god yeah. it like, has to be good like she's literally like pretty basic is such a good podcast and like there's so much production behind it I'm like mine needs to be good and I was
1: really stressed the whole time. Doesn't that make you self-conscious to think about too? Like Pretty Basic is so producing. Yes. Here we are like in our perspective homes. Like yes. <laughs> not yes. that they don't do that too, but there's so much, like I was mentioning, the business side that is just makes that podcast so good. And also they're such good talents, mm-hmm. but that is so cool. And also just shows, yeah, the manifestation. She saw it, it worked, Yes, <laughs> and it was such a good episode. I'm like, so you. proud of you.
0: Thank you. Um, so moving to your fitness journey, when did you begin yours and what was your reasoning?
1: I don't know if I necessarily have like a beginning start date, mm-hmm. but I've been an active person all of my life. I started with soccer, I was a cheerleader. And then once I was in college when I wasn't in any organized sport, I sort of lost my way for at least like a year, if not more definitely gained like the freshman 20, if not 25. (laughs) And then I kind of got very obsessed with the Gymshark world in particular, Mm -hmm. which I think was kind of a very similar narrative. I'm learning that so many people also found a lot of those athletes like Nikki Blacketer and Whitney Simmons and Grace Beverly, I followed for a really long time because they were all of these women, particularly who were coming out and kind of destigmatizing all of these bad myths that for example, weightlifting would make you gain all of this weight or Mm -hmm. it would make you more masculine, etc. And all of that is just straight baloney. So I think I really started diving more into a regimented fitness routine and maybe my sophomore year of college. And it was really just because I was tired of treating my body like a trash can in some ways Mm -hmm. and just not taking care of it, not giving my body proper nutrients, not exercising myself and you know, you worry about your health, you worry about your blood pressure, your cholesterol in the long term. And those are all things yeah. that, you know, have to be taken care of every single day by giving our body what it truly needs. So it's been a lifelong journey for <laughs> sure, but it doesn't ever feel like it's at a certain ending point. It's something I want to, you know, achieve throughout my life.
0: No, I love that. Um, so there's a negative like light upon like diet culture and stuff. How do you feel about it?
1: Honestly. It just makes me sad, if I'm just being quite honest. I think so much of the negative sides of diet culture, which is messed up to begin with because diet just means what you eat. But now Mm -hmm. it's become like such a negative term, of course, but so much of it is marketed towards very vulnerable young girls, for example, that are at such an impressionable age, they haven't even reached puberty. And here are these like mass marketing teams trying to tell them that they should limit this or not eat that or bread is bad, all these silly, stupid things. And it, it takes years, years and years of unlearning to get your body and your mindset back to a place of feeling healthy and confident in who you are and not believing all of that baloney online. So it's really sad and hurtful. I think that those kinds of lies are spread and it's all money backed or money Mm -hmm. based. Yeah. Yeah. I think I wish in some ways that, you know, people were more honest about just the reality of things. And that's why I try and only follow or promote other influencers that are focused on the holistic approach, I think, even if that just means like, you know, not cutting things out or really focusing on why giving your body proper nutrients is important for your entire life, not just this short-term goal of losing X amount of pounds, you know, just living and finding joy in our lives and being kind to our bodies. No, I love that. I remember like growing
0: up, like I would always have like, um, kind of like a negative relationship with food and everything because, I would think that like, oh, I can't have this because Mm -hmm. if I have this, then I'm going to gain weight. Or if I eat this, I'm going to like gain five pounds. Or like if I eat one cookie, like I'm just going to gain weight. And like, I feel like that was put into my head because of like, not even just like social media, because I didn't use it that much when I was younger, but like even TV shows and stuff, like they would like, even like, yeah, like when we were younger, like the shows that are supposed to be like fun and everything, they would always like kind of throw that in. And I feel like when you're young, like you just believe everything. And I'm not going to go do my research when I'm like 12 because, like, I just believe everything. So I, yeah,
1: yeah, I agree with what you said. Even like tabloid magazines that you'd see checking out at the supermarket, Mm -hmm. it would be horrible. Or there would be celebrities on the cover in a bathing suit and there'd be these horrible remarks made about them. For what? Like, cellulite is normal. Like, having body fat is healthy. It's a good thing. It's just. Yeah. And when you're so young, you don't know any better and you're taught to believe you're supposed to be a certain size or a certain this, a certain that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, like I said, it takes years of telling yourself like, that's not how it should be to get into a healthier mindset. Yeah. You know, it's upsetting.
0: Yeah. Um, so what's been your biggest motivator towards your fitness goals
1: and journey? I think in this current time in my life, honestly, it's my channel, especially because let's say I commit to doing a workout challenge or something. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a homework deadline or a work deadline. You know, you have to do it. It's going to happen in a certain amount of time. You have to get it done. It's Mm -hmm. like your job. So I stay motivated by the people that watch my videos or even just knowing that I have a, a challenge deadline to make. But even just more than that, I think what's most important and something I still struggle with is learning to be motivated by my own self or being able to rely on my confidence to get me to live a healthy lifestyle because it's good for me and not mm-hmm. because of how I'll look or appear for somebody else. It always has to go back to you and why you're doing this. Yeah. No, I agree with that.
0: hundred um, percent. So were you ever scared to share your journey on the internet?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I think I was scared to do anything on the internet, like stranger danger. Like yes. Thing. <laughs> I didn't even want to put my face up there. I felt very, very vulnerable and nervous as well, especially even like the first time I shared a bit of midriff or something like promiscuous Mm -hmm. because I don't have that stereotypical Gymshark weightlifting athlete body. And I didn't want to receive hate comments, you know, if we're just being transparent. Mm -hmm. I just, I was too nervous to hear the things that are my biggest insecurities plastered like in the comment section, you know? So I was really, really nervous. I still am really, really nervous. I still am not confident in it, but I think I'm slowly getting more comfortable with the idea of sharing my journey and knowing that I'm prioritizing my health and I'm doing what I can and this is my body and I'm learning to love it every day. Mm -hmm. No, I love that answer. Um, So what are your
0: favorite types of workouts to do and do you have any YouTube channels you can can recommend to us for workouts?
1: Yeah, that's such a sweet question. I would say my favorite type of workout to do is honestly just either walking, like just moving my body, getting outside, popping in a podcast behind the girl boss, (laughs) or even if it's something a little bit more functional, I love functional training that works your whole body, whether that's just with a few weights, whether you're doing up and down movements that just kind of get you the most bang for your buck. Um, As far as free workout content goes, two people I would love to recommend. The first is Libby Christensen. She's a little bit more Instagram based, but she is kind of diving a little bit more into YouTube right now. But she's somebody that I love because she lifts very heavy weights and she's very empowering. And I think it's empowering for somebody like me to see somebody so admirable, just Mm -hmm. rocking it in the gym. And then YouTube wise, and also on Instagram would be Natasha Ocean. I love her content because she's very, very based in science and literature and research. So she has a very, very realistic approach to health and she's always debunking just those terrible things online mm-hmm. and her workouts. She does a lot of different HIIT workouts, which are fun. If you just need a 15 minute, like quick, right before, you know, you start your day or something kind of workout. Awesome.
0: So the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask questions and I had to pick a few oh. of my favorite. Cause I actually got quite a lot Oh, yay. (laughs) Um, So the first one is what's been the biggest change in your life post-grad?
1: Oh my gosh. How do I say like literally everything? (laughs) For sure. I would say that it was just this different change of pace because I mean, as I was mentioning, like I was so involved in school and even in high school, I was always that person that was, you know, doing a lot of extracurricular Mm -hmm. activities, managing a few different jobs. And when you go from doing so much and having this built-in community. I went to a super small university that had similar size classes to high school. So I just, I knew everybody around me for so, so long. And then even venturing out to a new city, I was just, I was scared. I was, I'm a- Extroverted person in some ways, but I'm also quite introverted. I'm not great at, you know, just walking up to somebody and introducing myself um, in a brand new city, you know, where, mm-hmm. without a community basis. So I think that's kind of something that's not talked about enough. People don't acknowledge how hard life can be, especially right after you graduate. And I just want to say that it is extremely normal. It's extremely normal to feel lost or confused or just a little bit out of sorts because it's the first time in your life, your, your whole entire life you've gone to school and it's the first time you're just kind of supposed to like work or, you know, yeah. prioritize yourself. I almost had a little bit of an identity crisis. Like who am I without school? Who am I without these organizations that almost became tattooed on my forehead, you know? So I just want to say it's, it's all right to feel confused and lost and it's going to be okay, but it is so normal.
0: I've never even thought of it in that way. Cause I'm still in school. So like I didn't realize that I literally have been going to school my whole life. And like after that, yeah. I don't know like what life's going to be without going to school. Cause like, I feel like it was like, like in my routine and like, so structured.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be something. Totally. And I wish that was another subject that senior year teachers focused on mm-hmm. was yes, get a career. We want you to be successful. We want you mm-hmm. to find someplace that's you know, going to keep you secure, but what are you going to do for you and your mental health? Or how are you going to make that transition from having this tight knit group of friends or classmates, whomever that are literally two doors down from you in your hallway, if you're living on campus, for example, and then all of a sudden you're all across the country, you're all living different lives. How do you make that transition and how do you do it in a healthy way? That's not going to make you extraordinarily sad. Mm -hmm. No, I a hundred percent agree. Um,
0: The next question is, what is your best tip to get yourself up and work out when you really don't want to?
1: Um, I have two tips. They're both cheesy, but the first is if I'm not wanting to do a workout, I'll think about how I'll feel after I get my workout done because if, if you have a reasonable excuse, of course, don't work out. But if I'm just saying, oh, I've had a long day. I'm tired. I don't want to. I want to watch Love Island, whatever it is. <laughs> I will think about how good I'm going to feel after my workout, how yeah. happy I'll be that I did it. I got up. I didn't want to do it, but here I am. Took 30 minutes of my time and I'm so proud of myself. Or the second kind of cheesier option is if I think about my goals on a bigger scale, how will my actions in this moment help me towards the path of achieving those goals? Will my excuses right now help me be where I want to be in six months? Or you know, is it reasonable for me to take a rest right now? Or am I going to be pissed at my past self for not getting up and just putting the work in? No, I love that.
0: Um, yeah. Sometimes I'm like literally laying there. I'm like, I'm so lazy. Like I don't want to do it, but then I end up doing it and it just feels like it's that much better, especially because totally. I didn't want to do it. And then I ended up doing it exactly and you're always proud of yourself and the endorphins like it's a real scientific thing they're a thing (laughs) yes um the next question is do you have any tips to grow youtube channel when you feel like you've hit a plateau or a stable number
1: yeah i would say that above all else keep your channel consistent because consistency is not only key for you but it's also key for the algorithm so if youtube knows that you're posting every single monday at 12 p.m then try and post every single Monday at 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. and keep going because it's what you love and not something that, you know, you're in for maybe the wrong reasons or whatnot. But on a more strategic side, I would also recommend If you're just maybe not full of ideas or you're not really sure where to go, look at your most popular uploads and see what type of content it is that your audience has subscribed to you for. You can even go into your analytics and see what are your most popular videos that people have watched and subscribed to you from watching. So maybe let's say you're like me and you did a video about drinking water and people seem to like it. Should I do like another twist on that video? Should Mm -hmm. I do Drinking orange juice. I don't know. Like <laughs> something that maybe people found found fascinating from that video, I should try to emulate in a future video. No, I agree with that.
0: And the last question is, who are some of your favorite content creators?
1: I think honestly, the people that I like quote unquote know, like from Instagram, from mm-hmm. YouTube, like connecting with somebody like you, those are the people that inspire me most. Um, I'd love to give a shout out to the first guest I had on my podcast. Her name is Janet Domahina and she was the one that just started her own fitness brand. She's so beyond cool and talented and she's a cheerleading coach, which I was a cheerleader my whole life. So I feel very attached to her in (laughs) that way, but, uh, she just has amazing, great, real content on her YouTube channel and her Instagram as well. And then another friend across the pond, her name is Sadie Smart, and she does a lot of videos about manifestation and self-care and just has really, really good vlogs. And I think that she produces consistent, really, really good content. And those are the kinds of people that I think are, so, are going to be so successful in the long run because you know they're continually putting in the work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's neat to be able to connect with people on Instagram, meet your internet friends. Yeah. You will, the stranger danger. Cause that's honestly, you know, like when you're at a smaller scale, that's when you almost have to put in more work. Yeah.
0: No, I hundred percent inspiring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: That is all I had for you today. So thank you so much again for coming on.
1: Of course. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. Um, before you leave, do you want to shout out any socials you
1: have so then people can go follow you? Uh, sure. So If you want to watch any of my YouTube videos, my name is just Taylor Woods as plain as day. Um, All of my social handles are Taylor Woods with two L's and my podcast. If you want to listen to a podcast is called Don't Get It Twisted and you can stream it anywhere that you stream podcasts.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. Thank you thank you guys so much for listening to this episode I really 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 do hope you guys enjoyed it and if you did do not forget to go subscribe and follow Taylor on her Instagram on her YouTube and her podcast go show some support and if you want to follow me please don't be shy my Instagram is either at behind the girl boss or at it's Amanda Wan. you can find me on YouTube it's Amanda Wan. go show some support I'm trying to hit 10k on the YouTube and please don't forget to subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you're listening to it on and if it be Apple podcast by chance please 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 go give a little review it really does help the algorithm for podcasts and helps get my podcast out to many 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 other individuals and i would really really appreciate it so thank you guys so much once again for listening to this episode and i will hear you next time